Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and we're going to meet Crystal Marks, who is the executive director of Seattle Pride. June is just days away, and it is the focal month to celebrate diversity in our communities. There are a couple of major events in the month, and I welcome Crystal being with us as she has a clear and strong voice for all the great work and advocacy that happens every month of the year. Crystal Marks, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, I'm excited as well because what a a great opportunity to focus toward June already with so many so many different activities going on. Uh, I, I'm thinking of it almost like bookends, you know, having the uh, the Pride in the Park and then the uh, Pride Parade at the end of June and, and then, you know, everything else that falls between. I, I think bookends really kind of uh, describes it well. I agree. We've got things to kick off the start of Pride Month and then just a ton of events that we have listed on our website for our community to find throughout the month and different things, uh, celebratory, some more in memory, and then wrapping it up with the Seattle Pride Parade on the 26th is going to be fantastic and just a great celebration of how far we've all come. And speaking of that, it is amazing that this is the 48th year for the Pride Parade in Seattle? It is, yes. We are... (laughs) I, I say we are beyond legal. We are definitely um, moving towards middle age as a pride uh, organization, a pride parade. Um, and it all started just actually in Pioneer Square. So it's a very local, homegrown uh, pride community. And it is amazing, really, to to think of all these decades and so much change that is going on, has gone on, that is going on, and I'm sure will continue to evolve. But there's been really a lot of very good, positive evolution, hasn't there? Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, with the origins of Pride Month that you know most people know about, but starting you know really in in the 1960s with the Stonewall riots. Um, in Greenwich Village in New York, and then moving to San Diego or San Francisco, and then spreading throughout the country um, to have those pride celebrations. It started to, you know, pushing back on inequality and being targeted and being harassed. And we have really, we've moved from that, you know, reactive point of view to now being a very proactive uh, community where we are looking at where where are our rights still missing? Where can we fight for more equality and equity? And while also really holding some space to celebrate the things that we have won, and it's been a really fantastic journey for us all. And so, as you were saying, there's a lot of celebrating that's going on. Let's begin with what's going to be happening next weekend on Saturday, June the 4th, uh, with the Pride in the Park. What do you want us to know about that? Oh, Seattle Pride in the Park is the best way to kick off Pride Month in Seattle. So holding out for good weather, all fingers crossed, and look, it's looking good. But this is a completely free event for uh, folks to attend. They'll have live music, uh, family-friendly programming, so things like Drag Queen Story Hour with Cookie Tour. And we have fantastic performances that were co-curated from the folks who put on Taking Black Pride. Uh, we have a headliner of Queen Cash, um, or sorry, Fly Moon Royalty is our headliner this year. I got it really excited there. Um, great hosts. Uh, we have got drag queens and drag kings doing some performances. 
Um, and we also have some amazing booths, which is something that a lot of people don't think of is it, uh, these community nonprofits that have been fighting so hard during the pandemic to keep our community afloat. People can check out um, how to get testing for whether it's COVID or HIV um, or other, other testing that they might need in our community, informational packets, ways to volunteer with organizations, tons of great partner booths, an alcohol garden, uh, food trucks, lots of dessert options too for those with a sweet tooth, and then just a ton of open green space since it's at Volunteer Park on Capitol Hill to just sit and enjoy and have a picnic and just be around other people again after two and a half years of being really isolated. And, and that will be one of the big reasons, too, why this is going to really be such a huge celebration. Yes, we are excited that this year's theme is family reunion. So it's all about coming back together, um, being with each other, and really acknowledging that we, you know, we take care of each other in this community. And that's what families are supposed to do. And whether you have a great relationship with your family or not a great relationship, this is a place where people can come and really feel that bonding experience. And we should say that this is really geared for the whole family. So come out as whatever your family is, but it's for all ages. And everyone should feel very comfortable uh, being right there all together. Yes, this is. I love that this is a family event. I'm a mom of four myself with kids ranging 6 to 15. They've been at this event before. And there is truly something for everyone we, I hear there's even a rumor that the Mariner Moose will be there, which is great if kiddos want to get a picture with the Mariner Moose. Um, tons of stuff going on for all ages, tons of food opportunities, and sober spaces as well. We have the alcohol garden, but there's plenty of space for folks who don't want to be around that to still find and carve out their own niche. It'll be a lot of fun. And it happens throughout the afternoon. I think it gets started around 11 in the morning. Yeah, this is um, actually noon to 7 o'clock. And the most of the children's programming is happening closer to that 12 o'clock hour. So we encourage families to get there, get comfortable, um, and find a place to carve out for themselves. And then the music will go on through 7 o'clock. And thinking of getting there, I think we might encourage people because Volunteer Park is right in the city and parking is becoming just a little more and more challenging as is driving. So maybe uh, using one of the public transports would be good. Yes, we really do encourage folks to use public transportation. There are a couple of bus lines that serve that area where you can get off near Volunteer Park. Or there's the Capitol Hill light rail station that is a few blocks away um, that people could have a longer walk to get to Volunteer Park or, you know, rent an Uber or a Lyft and get there for that last leg of the journey. But there is no parking there at the park. Um, And it's a residential area around there, so just plan accordingly. In the past, we've had upwards of 10,000 people throughout the day attend the event. So parking does not detour Seattleites from coming out. Right. And that is all the more reason when you know the numbers have been huge. And this being the year that it is of of reunion, because it's post-COVID, but also celebrating families, then I think we really need to consider, you know, the path of getting there and really use Link or the buses and one way uh, to more easily arrive at the scene. Definitely. And saving those closer parking spaces in the area around them for folks with disabilities is a huge uh, benefit for them. So just 
keeping that in mind and thinking about, you know, what privilege we might carry and being able to be a little bit more able-bodied or if you need assistance, we'll also have an accessibility guide on our website for people to take a look at so they can plan ahead of time what they might need if they're in a wheelchair or other assisted walking devices just to make sure they feel safe in accessing the space. I just love that all of these things have been thought of and prepared for and right there easily accessible on the website. Let's mention that website then. Yeah, the website is seattlepride.org and you can hover over events and click on Pride Month events and we've got everything there you can need. Perfect. And so being that this is the beginning of the month and uh, here we have enough time this week to get ready, to get organized, to to kick off the month with Pride in the Park, things are still uh, in process and underway for the parade, which is later in the month. So does that mean that people can still uh, do some planning to be a, a participant in the parade itself? Definitely. So parade registration, um, as of right now, so it ends on May 31st. And if you weren't able to register for the parade to walk in it, there are still plenty of ways to catch the parade. You can come as an attendee and be along the sidelines cheering on these fantastic organizations and groups. Uh, We have grandstand seating where you can um, purchase tickets for yourself or your, your party. And we have, with that, free ADA seating in those grandstand areas that are designated for folks with disabilities. Uh, We also have a uh, BIPOC discount. So for folks in communities of color, we're discounting our grandstand tickets by 50% so that uh, as a measure of equity and trying to get more folks to have those great choice seating. You know, I just am so uh, impressed and, and in awe of all the considerations toward equity and inclusion perhaps stems from this being Seattle Pride, but I think it just really speaks so powerfully about the organization really living its beliefs and its experiences. Yeah, I appreciate that, Kate. It's really important to us that we are seeing every person as full people. So, We all bring different experiences and we see through different lenses in our everyday life. But there are, um, there are plenty of folks, especially in communities of color and people living with disabilities that um, we, that do not have access to same things as uh, maybe cisgender white folks do. So we use that ability. This is our event. We get to make the rules, which is wonderful. And that means that we get to increase access to those things like really good grandstand seating making sure there's accessible um, crossing areas. We even have a food and beverage assistant um, in the ADA area for people who uh, may want to order food from the food trucks along the parade route, but it's difficult for them to go get it. We've got you covered. People can run your order over to you. We want to really be intentional about that because our community is comprised of so many amazing different people. It's time that we honor everyone in our LGBTQI plus community. And so I, I sorry to keep you know focused on this point, but I think it just is so again, such a big thing, having that focus coming from, I guess, I think places of experience to bring the focus to really recognize each individual, as you said, and and then to do what you can. The hope is that this is such a model of being 
what we want to be in the world, what we want to see in the world. Definitely. And we, we are striving to do more. We heard from our community during the virtual Pride events that we've done over the last two years in June, um, members of the disabled community who, like, this is wonderful, so glad that it's online and accessible for us now. And it really, it was that gut uh, hit moment of like, wow, we have not been doing that work previously to make sure folks felt comfortable, safe, and celebrated. So it really was all thanks to this goes to people in, um, in, in the disability community, uh, BIPOC folks, everyone who has reached out to us and said, hey, it, you could make this better if you did X, Y, and Z. So we dedicated money in our budget and hired an accessibility consultant um, to let us know where we could improve. And it has been the best money we've ever spent, and we want to just keep getting better. So definitely, that's great that they were expressive and and let the needs be known. And then I still think kudos go then to Seattle Pride for not just listening, but acting and making it happen. Because so often we can get asked for feedback and then it just, that's it, we asked for it. But there's no action. You've you've acted. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if you you are going to ask for that feedback and you don't act, uh, act on it, Eventually, people will stop answering when you do ask for feedback, and we don't want that. And it is definitely so important that people feel like we are responsive and that we can keep improving in that. Wow. Just, you know, this uh, speaks volumes about Seattle Pride, who you are, what you're doing, what this means to the community, just uh, the leadership that is involved here. Thank you. Yeah, we we have a board of directors that's... um, come from various lived experiences. Our staff is, I feel pretty fantastic. I'm a huge fan of each and every one of them. There's four of us that work here and we choose really good vendor partners that help us put on our events. And, you know, we, we are trying to be as responsive as possible. And I'm just glad that it is reaching people that have not felt as welcome before to attend our events. Right. So it will be interesting then to see this year coming out in person finally once again. But the virtual events are still uh, available because some people may still feel a little reserved about being out in crowds, right? Yes. So we will have um, Cairo 7 is our official television and streaming partner, um, as they have been for a few years now. And they are live streaming the first two hours of the Seattle Pride Parade and we're ecstatic for that. That is the part where you get to see the Grand Marshals, um, a couple of surprises near the front of the parade, too. Um, and then we will be live streaming um, the ASL interpretation or American Sign Language interpretation the entire parade. It won't be on Cairo. It'll be on our Facebook and or YouTube channel so that folks who may be deaf or hard of hearing at home can at least still watch and see and hear what's going on. And we're really excited about that. Yes. So, you know, it's wonderful that both options are available. And I was thinking about the excitement because the numbers have continually grown and wasn't, um, it, it was, it is nearing nearly half a million people. It is. Yeah. We, we estimate around 400,000 people placing us around the uh, fourth to sixth largest parade, um, pride parade in the United States and the largest parade event in Washington state. Wow. Is the, the largest perhaps San Francisco? Uh, largest is San Francisco. And then 
New York. They kind of flip flop every year. Uh, San Diego is up there. And then Miami kind of sneaks in every once in a while, too. But we are definitely right near the top, which which is great. And I think that, you know, again, it speaks to all of the things that you've already shared with us, Crystal, as to what has gone on in this community here in the Puget Sound area, Western Washington, to help it grow and be what it is. Yeah, um, it, this is community driven. Everything from um, who our grand marshals are. We, we put out the request on social media and invite members of the community to let us know who they think the grand marshals would be for the year. And so they, we picked who they wanted. We have Geisha Starr and we have uh, Nikita Oliver, two amazing community activists. Geisha is a drag queen and Nikita has uh, run for office and is a huge um, activist and the community loves them. So that's who our grand marshals are. They also picked the theme for the year of family reunion. So this is a, the whole month is really a celebration of our community, but it's driven by community as well. It's just, again, such a a perfect example of possibilities. It's happening. And, you know, it really gives me hope that this is a model that really can ripple out throughout the community and across the country. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> we, we've got a lot of pride organizations throughout the United States, and we get together on occasion um, for pride conferences, which I never knew were a thing, but they were wonderful to attend. And just seeing what everyone is trying to do, and we're really seeing it across the United States as well, what everyone is trying to do to really celebrate every member in their community and to not brush issues under the rug either. So where there's issues of racism, where there's been issues of um, negative police involvement or over-corporatization of pride or other things, everyone's really willing to lean in and do the work to address them. And that gives me a lot of hope as we move forward as the LGBTQI plus community, that our events, our celebrations together, our memorials, everything will be a lot more unified. Yes, absolutely. So much to take pride in, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in a matter of speaking. Uh, so, Crystal, let's get back again to the parade because we know it's happening on Sunday, June 26th. Uh, it is the early part of the day, so let's talk about when to get there and timing. Yes, so the parade kicks off at 11 a.m. at Westlake Park. So that's 4th and Pine in downtown Seattle. Um, the staging area for the parade goes from that point, then all the way south on 4th Avenue down to about South Jackson Street. So we really, truly do take over the entirety of 4th Avenue. For folks who are getting there, if you have purchased grandstand seats, fantastic. You're, we're not going to give your seat away, but definitely want to get there a little bit before, I would say, try to get there before 10 a.m. Because we do have a little bit of a pre-show. We have music that will be going, people giving some opening remarks. Um, and then if you're along the rest of the parade route, I've gotten there as early as 8.30, 9 o'clock to stake out a good spot. Um, but it gets pretty crowded, so just really make sure you get where you want to be. But there's no bad seat in the house. That is the best part of it being along 4th Avenue. We've got wide streets in Seattle. You've got a great view. And we have three stages along the parade route, so you're able to hear who the next contingent is that's walking by. You're able to see everybody's dancing and celebrating and passing out items, and you're all able to be part of this experience together. 
That is so, so super. And so, again, talking about getting there early and how to get there, um, again, parking is really kind of a premium, even though there's more of it downtown. It's probably, again, best to think about using public transportation. Yep. We are so lucky in Seattle that we have, you know, the light rail system. We've got great buses, whether you're taking, you know, uh, Sound Transit, King County Metro, anything else. Um I heartily recommend taking the light rail to Westlake Station and coming out that way. Then you're right there. You're in the heart of the action. It's easy to walk to where you might want to go on the parade. Um, We we do stop the parade for buses to cross over 4th Avenue. So buses are running that day. Um, So it's something great for people to keep in mind. And then if you are going to drive and park, um, really consider parking a little bit further out again for folks who um, have disabilities that may need to park a little bit closer to lessen the distance from their parking spot to the parade. But there are a lot of great public uh, parking lots that are around. And we, we see people walking up and down First Avenue where Seattle Pride, our offices are all the time for Mariners games and Sounders games. So our community is very used to, to hoofing it to get yeah. over to a sport event. I think people will be really excited to walk a few extra blocks to get to the parade. Right. And of course, typically with parades, we, we do see people bringing along their beach chairs, their lawn chairs, that sort of thing. So you're hauling a little bit of stuff, but it just it serves its purpose because it's a little more comfortable uh, instead of standing through the entire parade. Definitely. Yeah. Bring, feel free to bring that. Bring a cooler if you want to bring your own food with you, although we will have food trucks near those stages as well along the route. Um, the only thing that we're asking is people not move the fencing. So really just put yourself where, wherever you're most comfortable. We will have volunteers stationed along the parade route as well. So if you're not sure if you're able to stand there or sit there, ask a volunteer and they'll let you know. Um, we've, that is something really important to mention. We have such great volunteers that just come out of the woodwork and just beg to be put to work during Pride Month. So we're really excited to have them and really appreciate all the time that they're spending to make this a great event. And there's so much fun that happens being a volunteer, aside from just being right kind of at the the focus of, of what's going on. So is there room still for more volunteers? Oh, yes. We are still accepting volunteers. We probably will be pretty close to parade day. Um, we have a training that we put everyone through. You can either attend in person or online. And um, you can definitely find out more about that on seattlepride.org and click on uh, ways to get involved and click on volunteer. And when I was a volunteer, that was my first uh, exposure to Seattle Pride in 2014. I was a security volunteer along the parade route, and I was actually glitter bombed by some (laughs) amazing drag queens. That's when they throw glitter on you. And it was one of the coolest experiences getting hugged by all these amazing drag queens. So it's it's a life-changing experience to volunteer at the Pride Parade. We would love to have more folks. Well, speaking of life-changing, you then started as a volunteer. Now you're the executive director. So that is quite a pathway. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, I never saw that coming (laughs) years ago. But going to be uh, getting to be the first uh, employee of Seattle Pride uh, when I joined in October of 2019, um, it is still an honor that I pinch myself for every day to make sure that it's true. I get to work and serve my community. I'm a bisexual woman myself, and I've been in nonprofits for a little little under 15 years now, and 
this has been the perfect role. It is a dream come true. And and not that everyone then volunteers and moves to that, of course. You know, we all have our different roles to play. But it's just something to consider. Volunteering on its own has its own rewards and the connections we make. But sometimes it's amazing what path it takes you on to to a career, essentially. Definitely. And we really do try to promote volunteers within just the volunteer uh, world that we've created. So if you volunteered one year doing, you know, running water bottles, then you know, you know a little bit more. Maybe you can mentor someone else and it moves you up. It's a, a great thing to have on a resume. And it's also where we try to source our board members from as well. So if you're looking for what it's like to, you know, have that board involvement, that is a great opportunity to start as a volunteer. And we really try to promote from within this community. Oh, that is so super. So again, in terms of volunteers, that information is on the website and applications can be done there. Yep, that's exactly right. And you'll get a free t-shirt out of it, which is pretty great too. Ooh, is there a new t-shirt each year? Every single year, something brand new. Our logo for the year on the front and we have our great partners listed on the back. And we love getting those volunteer t-shirts out to folks. It's so great to see how happy they are to be able to rock that Seattle Pride swag for the year. Yeah, and what pride to have wearing it, too. Again, double entendre, I guess. But <laughs> but um, really, you know, that a collector's item if you do this, you know, year after year, too. Oh, yeah, very much so. And it's um, you can collect your volunteer T-shirts every year. We've got a good um, nine of them actually hanging up in our office right now from various parades that we've had. And it's so great to be able to look over that and remember all the amazing parades. Uh, we're also selling um, a version of the shirt, not the exact same one, but a version of the shirt in limited quantities um, for members of the public to purchase as well at both Seattle Pride in the Park on June 4th and along the parade on June 26th. Oh, that is so great. You're, you're really so organized in terms of covering all needed bases. We're, we have to be. <laughs> Small nonprofits have to live in that organizational world. Just so great. So back in terms of the parade, which is happening at the end of June, Sunday, June 26th, you were mentioning that there are the uh, several staging areas, correct? And that there are then food trucks at each staging area? Yes, we're going to have food trucks in each, um, near every single alcohol garden that we have. We have three alcohol gardens. They're all near the, the different stages. The main stage is at Westlake Park on 4th and Pine. And that's also where we will have some partner booths as well, about 20, 21 booths where you can come and learn about some of our amazing sponsors, pick up more free stuff. And that is where the main alcohol garden and uh, the majority of the food trucks will be there. Great. So good to know that it makes it really, so much of it is accessible to anyone uh, along this stretch of the parade route. And being the end of June, uh, it's already officially summer, and getting into the 4th of July, it, it's kind of like just all big celebration time. Very much so. People are ready. Um, I think they would have been ready without the pandemic <laughs> getting in the way, but now that we're at a safe spot to hold the parade, um, this is going to be a celebration that people are going to remember for years to come. Yeah, just amazing. So the, it, it all um, begins at 11, but get there prior to 11 just to like an hour or so earlier, ju just to 
pick your spot, get to it, and get get seated so you're ready for the big entry to begin. Exactly. Yep. And we've shortened the parade a little bit this year as well. So limiting the size of the contingents down to 200 people per group so that the parade moves a little bit faster. In case it's a really hot day, we want to be considerate of people's um, time and health and making sure we don't keep folks out in the baking sun. Um, But we also want to make sure that we give enough time for all these amazing community organizations and our partners uh, to walk through and to celebrate and to show their pride. You have certainly covered, I think, maybe all the bases that there are. Uh, It just promises to be such a great month of celebration. So this is a lot going on. But um, is there anything else, you know, just in closing moments that you'd want to say, Crystal, about Seattle Pride? Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. I would say Seattle Pride's work is year-round. And while we are truly out and proud um, all 12 months of the year, June is really our time to come together in celebration while also reminding folks that our rights are extremely fragile and the work continues to advance equal rights for all. So it's really important that we hold space for both of those things to celebrate and also to kind of recommit ourselves to the year-round fight. Because as I semi-jokingly say, you know, I'm not just queer in the month of June. I'm here all year. I don't stop, you know, being a, a bisexual woman because July 1st rolls around. So it is a great thing for everyone to keep in mind that this is just one highlight of the year, but the work continues year round. So important. So well stated. Crystal Marks, I just think you are so wonderful, doing such wonderful work, sharing with us such important information and um, in awe, really, of all that Seattle Pride is doing and all you stand for. So thank you for that. And then thank you for taking time with us this morning to give us these important insights. Kate, thank you so much for having me. We so support and appreciate the effort and partnership that you all are showing us and love that we get to partner with Movement 92.5. It's incredibly important to us. Well, our gratitude to you, Crystal. And again, many thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Crystal Marks and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Gregory Jantz. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, Find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of honoring the great diversity and individual gifts of each other and thus in our greater community. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning.